Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I also personally just would prefer to end up with Peter. (laughs) And this is about my preference. He he is, like, very attractive, but I think part of what makes him so attractive— Yes. Is that we— Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. So Emma, I have a question for you. Which Viking game did you find the most, like, sexy? I'd say any Viking game that included Peter's face. That's my answer. That is a really specific answer, but I like it. I would say it's the one where um, she has to hold onto a tapered stick that is greased, and a guy has to yank it out of her hand. I felt like that was a little on the nose. Like a lubed up a situation. Lubed up, um, Viking situation. It's very authentic. shaped objects. Very authentic. It's true. Yeah. Like, if you can get the woman's hand off of it. Then you you can marry her. Win her. Actually, that seems like yeah. the reverse. Anyway, <laughs> we have a lot of Viking games to discuss: one-legged jousting, etc. And we are joined today to talk about that and everything else that happened last night by actress Erin Dark, who you may have seen in Amazon's excellent series *Good Girls Revolt*. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Erin is so dedicated that she watched this episode last night at 11 p.m. So, like, we thank you for your service. I, You know, it's really a pleasure. <laughs> I would never guess. You still seem so, like, full of energy and ready to talk about The Bachelorette um, when I'm up until 1. It doesn't go like that. <laughs> it's a combination of coffee and just true passion about the subject matter. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to start... Um, with the end of another cliffhanger. <laughs> um, Can we just... Once again, involving it, Lee and Kenny. I hope this is it. I hope this is the end of the cliffhangers. Like, I <coughs> I need us to get back to form. And, and I felt that this episode might have gotten us there. I mean, they made it through a whole rose ceremony at the end. I know. It was Which a blessing. Is, it was a blessing. I didn't think that she could do it, but she really <laughs> pulled it out. But we start um, in the middle of this Kenny and Lee beef on the two-on-one Kenny has just heard from Rachel that Lee called him violent and said that he pulled him out of a van, which is just such a ridiculous accusation that every time it's verbalized, I'm just like, I can't take this seriously. Um, And she says, you know, 
I don't know what to believe. Kenny said he was just as surprised as I was to hear that. I don't have clarity still. Meanwhile, Kenny is approaching Lee to sort of have it out. He's like <laughs> hooting. Very I think weird Kenny's just like, you have sent like, me over the edge. Like, yeah, I feel like I'm mind. done. <laughs> no, he's definitely lost his mind yeah. for a minute, but also in like an amazingly entertaining way. So good. His stream of profanities was like. He's so entertaining. He's hilarious. I, this episode, like, I just love Kenny so I much. I too. R.A.P. Kenny. I know. And he's, he pulls out the snake metaphor again. He's like, Oh, snaky. Don't you ever feel no shame? I was like, I don't know if I like the snaky. He calls him a piece of shit, son of a bitch. Like, he just keep, like, it was okay, just yeah. fantastic. Did did they bleep out when he, what, he, he, did he said, I am going to drag my dick over your grave? Was that the word they Whoa, bleeped out? I oh, I don't know. definitely a moment where he said, I'm going to drag bleep over your grave. Or it really could have been that. Whatever it was, yeah. it was great. <laughs> that was amazing. Um. And <laughs> Rachel last night tweeted, like, something about how, you know, <laughs> she doesn't always uh, see things or do things when people want her to. But she says, I keep the grass cut low so I can see the snakes. <laughs> yeah. And then she said, hashtag by Lee. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we finally get rid of Lee. I'm I'm never been so relieved to get to move on to other things. Yeah. I really uh, enjoyed her goodbye to him actually. She's like, "Lee, after hearing great. what I heard today, I don't trust you." Yeah. She like, she's so fantastic and direct and <coughs> when when she sends people home, she tells them why and she moves on. She is done. She's like, "I don't trust you. Goodbye." And then she tells Kenny like, "I still have questions, so let's spend more time together." And then in the one error Kenny made last night, instead of just going off in the helicopter with Rachel, he decides to go back and tell Lee off one more time. And we just see Rachel sitting there talking to a producer like, what do you need to say? I, I told him goodbye. And then that's it, the thing. What he was saying was actually like he actually wasn't – he didn't go back and like it wasn't profanities that time. He was just like, I hope you become a better person. Yeah. <laughs> I understood why he understood needed to why. do it. And I think that his explanation to Rachel later in the evening made a lot of sense. He's yeah. like, I had – this guy treated me terribly. I was super frustrated with him. And I needed to go back and like – let that out so that it wasn't on my chest later on. I wasn't bottling it up. And I appreciate yeah. – I thought that was a really excellent explanation, but it was also, like, just a tactical error because Rachel yeah. was sitting there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I think, like, sometimes – I also think as, like, women, sometimes we're not quite capable of understanding the decisions testosterone causes you to make. I don't know. I would totally have done what Kenny did. <laughs> I would be like, sorry, you wait here. Uh, I'm going to go have it the fuck out. Like, But I'm also very verbal, and things just, like, come out of me sometimes. Um, so I understand. But, yeah, I'm, I was glad that we got to say goodbye to Lee on the note of, like, Kenny telling him, there's a decent Lee inside there. Like, <laughs> goodbye, know. sir. Yeah. It's, I, I thought that that was pretty revealing too that he was like this isn't my chance to go back and be like lol i win it was his chance to be like i've been too like caught up in the drama to say anything to you other than like fuck you you're you're a snake but now is my chance to come back and be like here's what i really think and please improve yourself yeah, yeah. go forth and, and um, self-improve the men tell all is I gonna be wait. wild what like robert mills i think tweeted something about this scene 
where he was like, get your popcorn ready for the men tell all. And I was like, ew, I don't want to watch. I'm more just intrigued to like hear what Rachel has to say, having now seen all of the things that were happening in the background with Lee. I'm not interested in seeing them do another like back to settle scores, like gross framing of the situation. I am interested to see a few months out from this, all of the the other men and Rachel having seen the full context of Lee, seen his tweets, seen what this show has done. Like, I'm I'm actually curious to see how they react to it. Yeah. I, I mean, I stand by our argument that the entire contrivedness of the whole thing and dragging it out four episodes is Bullshit. gross. Yeah. Um, but it'll be – it'll certainly – be an eye-opening evening. It really upset me how they fr- – because they came back in in the middle of this scene multiple times, like last episode and this episode between Kenny and Lee. And they frame it as like, they're back. They're bringing their egos to the wilderness. And you're like, like no, no. That's, that's not, not really what happened. <laughs> yeah. And you t- you it into this like battle of the titans instead of what it really is, which is – a a much less conventional and more disgusting situation. I also um, have to say that I was just really relieved because all of the, like, promos had really made it seem like it was going to end in a fist fight, and that was how Kenny ended up bleeding. And I was just, like, I was actually, like, so relieved when that scene ended, and I was like, oh, Kenny's just going to, like, run into a door later or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, I feel like they almost always do that. Every time they show someone um, hurt, it's almost— Never a, a dramatic situation. I think yeah. they have these violent games so that they will get <laughs> shots they of them bleeding. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. So to use in the promos. Yeah. They're like, someone will get hurt, but we won't have actually filmed them having a violent altercation. Win-win. We <laughs> yeah. can tease this. So far- farewell to the smug bigot. And now we get to move on to Kenny having some time with Rachel. Again, He they have that really, like, really honest exchange, you know, final kind of exchange about his reaction to Lee. And I thought it was great. Uh, and then and then Kenny's just, he, he's, I don't know, he's just really fantastic. He says he's, like, really put things on hold because he's a romantic and he wants to be in love and he wants to find a partner um, and someone that his daughter can look up to. And and I, I like that we finally get to see Rachel be like, yeah, you're a trustworthy person. I see that you're here for me. I don't know if this is going to work out, but like, I want to give you the rose in good faith to kind of move forward away from this whole situation. I think she's just trying to figure out if he's not got like a dark side, but if he is short tempered because she's seen so much of him blowing up over the past couple of weeks. And she's like, really just like straight up. Tell me, do you have a short fuse? Are you going to be volatile? And he's like, no. And like in a relationship, I would be very loving. And she's like, love really heightens emotions more. So that doesn't make sense. And he was like, not for me. Like, I'm very like, there's love in everything I do in a relationship. I mean, after watching him cry on the phone with his daughter, what, like three times in that episode? I last loved night? it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, he's clearly such a loving father. Such a loving. And also someone who's obviously spent time thinking about himself and thinking about the way he reacts to things because every time he spoke about, you know, the way he handles emotion or relationships, it was just very thoughtful and self-aware. And you're like, oh, this is a person who has, like, had a lot of self-reflection in his life, and that's a really positive quality in a 
person. And I think we see that portrayed, at least on television, a lot less with men. So I found that whole thing to be really, really nice. And and then just to see him interact with his daughter was very sweet. And his daughter clearly is a really great kid. She's awesome. She's like, Dad, if you like her, you like her, you should go for it. He goes and (laughs) FaceTimes with her after Rachel gives him the rose. Um, And she's like... I do really like you. That's why I was so direct, and I I want to continue this. And then he goes and FaceTimes his daughter, and she has tiger like cat face yeah, paint on, so little cute. ears, <laughs> and he's crying because he misses her. And she's like, "No, it's going to be okay. You deserve to be happy." And that's when they show this shot that they kept showing in promos of him like walking down the hallway in the hotel with his like hands behind his head, like looking yeah. really defeated. Um, and they were playing it like maybe he was going to be sent home. But it was really just that he was like, oh, I love my yeah, it was just like the sweetest like father daughter yeah. moment. Every um, shot of Kenny where he looks like defeated or like it's all that they were. It was all misdirect yeah, in every all, promo. It, yeah, none of it was him being like overly angry. It was mostly just him being. Um, really moved by conversations with his daughter. Like the yeah. world's sweetest dad. Or like <laughs> playing up being a Viking. So yeah, <laughs> we never trust the promos is the continued lesson here. Yeah, yeah, I think I learned that more than ever actually maybe with last night's episode though. Like that was one where I was like, wow, you you guys did an amazing job of <laughs> yeah. editing that promo. Like I, I was like imagine them stealing watching myself the for it. And being like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna make a beautiful, beautiful work. Of yeah, this, I mean those moment. like promo editors. That is a craft in and of itself. It really is. Um, and so then we are coming up to the first rose ceremony of the episode. <laughs> I was just like, wait, what? Where are we? What is up? what is what happening? Is down? Um, they're having the rose ceremony at a place I want to call out called Losby God's Manor, which is an amazing name. And she's wearing a beautiful, like, gold dress. Oh, it's like a gold, uh, like, wrap dress. The yeah, styling like, choices yeah. have been Sequins. on point. Oh. I think it's it's Corey Fetman is the uh, stylist. Just want to give him a shout out because yeah. it's been it's been on point. Um, well, are we like done with cocktail parties now? I guess. I do think cocktail so. parties just not happen. Anymore? I wonder if yeah. some of them did happen, but they just were like, these aren't important to the storyline. Yeah. And because I, they didn't mention that they were skipping the cocktail party in the second At row a ceremony. Point, we they saw. do stop, but it's. I feel like it's I usually like it's once, later, once right? They it's usually are like hometowns, yeah, yeah, after yeah. hometowns. Um, but she is sort of like, I know what I'm going to do. Um, going into tonight and. You know, Josiah, we, we get, we know Josiah's oh. going home because we get a lot of Josiah being like, I'm Josiah Daniel Graham. I'm amazing. And I have so many layers and yeah. I'm so confident. He's she like, doesn't give me a I'm rose. I'm empathetic and I'm attractive. And if she doesn't give me a rose, there's something wrong with her brain. And you're like, oh, Josiah, this yeah. is just. Every time they start um, showing someone talking a lot before a rose ceremony, like, 75% of the good. time, yeah. they're going home. And they show Alex being really nervous. So obviously he stays. Um, Dean, Eric, Peter, Alex, Adam, and Matt get roses. And Josiah and Anthony are going home. And that was a bummer. Um, Anthony has a really, like, kind exit. He is yeah. a really—seems like a really— 
good guy. I mean, the the way I read that, Anthony, I think she just didn't have that much chemistry with. Like, yeah. we kind of saw their one-on-one date. Like, she was into him and liked him, but not not nearly as much as some of the other men. Yeah. So I sort of read that as, like, she could send him home because she had gotten the chance to spend enough time with him to know that it wasn't, she was, there. It wasn't there. I also, like, I, I relate to this, so this isn't meant in, like, a harsh way. I wonder if Rachel kind of likes being the intellectual alpha in her relationships. Like, and I'm that not that I'm like smarter than the guys I've been with or my husband, I love you. But like <laughs> I like to feel like they let me shine. Like if I ever feel like my like partner is like I'm secretly more of a genius than you, I'd be like, mm, I don't like this. <laughs> like, I identify as the smart one. Um and I think that she tends to go for guys as like from what we've seen who sort of defer to her a little more intellectually and, like, give her a fun vibe and, like, let her relax and not be, like, lawyer Rachel. And Anthony was very... He was very serious. Serious yeah. and and definitely leaned more on that intellectual side. Um, so I don't know. But, but they, I, they didn't know. seem to have much chemistry. He's a beautiful Fulbright scholar, though, so I think he'll be... Yeah, yeah okay. I think he'll be fine. <laughs> I think someone's going to snatch him up. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Josiah goes on a whole rant about how he's oh, better Josiah. than all of the other men that were kept around. That's thing, Josiah has, like, a super <laughs> sad backstory, right? Oh, yeah. And I was, yeah. like, rooting from him in the beginning, but he's, like, the least fun person I've ever seen. Like, he's just so serious all the time. Like, I feel like it was, like, episode three where I was like, you know how to smile. Like, do that more. Well, I think mm-hmm. it's like he wasn't fun really with her, but he was really funny when he's joking around with, with the, other, like, the guys. other guys. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you needed to bring that to your conversations with Rachel. Like, I you're feel jokey. Like he thinks romance is serious. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I got from him, that he thinks romance is, like, this really serious, intense thing, and you can't joke around or have fun during it because that's not romantic. He definitely has a, a romance script in his head that he yeah. plays. And um, I feel like because we know so much about Josiah's backstory, it's hard not to, like, psychologize. And, like, I always feel like— he is really has succeeded a lot in life because he like decided to just overcompensate really hard in every area. Like he's like, right. I'm gonna overcome this. I'm gonna be a badass at work. I'm gonna be a smooth talking romancer. I'm gonna be the f- the funniest guy in the gang. But um, he's not showing any vulnerability in any of those contexts. He's not actually opening up because there is a lot of, I think, pain being covered up. Um, But it, the, like his, his send off was terrible. Um, Terrible. He calls Alex a KGB agent. (laughs) He like, what did he said? something No, it was, it was pretty funny. Um, But he like just goes off and basically he's like, I'm better than Alex. I'm better than Adam. I'm better than Matt. Matt instead of over me. That's just weird. He's like, woman, you have some poor judgment. And I was like, oh, dude, like. Rachel is not going to take kindly to that. She's like, I have excellent judgment. And she does. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So farewell, Josiah. Uh, Lean into your like funny Game of Thrones references I mean, rather yeah. than seriously yeah. go to a lot of therapy like uh, maybe you have been but you, you you can't like connect with a woman by just like running a romance monologue at her you have to like be able to open up to her and it seemed like he was struggling with that yeah so we leave with a little intercut of Eric saying like 
well, that's two more black guys sent home by Rachel. And then we kind of cut right to, yeah. like, but they're off say, to Denmark. He does say, like, she's going through a lot emotionally and it seemed hard and she has to do what's right for her. So I feel like Eric is kind of well trying to I don't think Eric— be I think Eric is just always sort of processing and trying to protect himself and trying to sort of figure out the, Rachel's strategy— not saying she's calculating, but he's, like, trying—it's a self-protective move. Like, he's yeah. an he's an anxious guy, and I really, like, the he's more like I see him—right, I actually relate to him. I think that he's sort of just overthinking everything, and he's trying to find patterns rather than, like, unfortunately, sometimes liking someone and, and romance and the way this show works. Like, there's not really quite— such a clear rhyme or reason for anything. Well, and I think, like, intentionally. Like, if, right. you know, if there was a clear rhyme or reason, like, the producers know people would lose interest. So, like, mm-hmm. they intentionally try and keep people, you know, a little ungrounded. And I think there are people like Eric that just have a harder time dealing with that. Yeah. Yes. And, and it's like we saw that with Vanessa last season, too. It's yeah. like the people Actually, who get in their own heads. a lot of the winners are, because I, well, cause they care I'm mentally lot, blanking on honest. who ended up with Caitlin. Is it? Sean. Sean, yeah. Yeah, he was a mess. Yeah, he was like a mess through the process. So, like, it is like sometimes those people are actually, like, weirdly the ones who are maybe more realistically emotionally invested, and that's why they can't handle it. Yeah. I don't know if that's true with Eric, but it is like a No, I think that's definitely a pattern. Um, And, yeah. I think it's also the case that, um, you know— Often the lead is going through a process where they might send home someone who they liked maybe more than someone who stays later, not not out of a weird, like, I have to mix things up thing, but because they've invested more attention and focus on someone early on and because they were drawn to them, and then that's allowed them to decide, actually, this person isn't my husband. Whereas someone like right. maybe Matt or Adam, she's like, I'm saving that. I haven't explored that yet. And so I'm not ready to say one way or the other. But Anthony, I've spent time with. And that was exactly my yeah. read on both Anthony and Josiah. It wasn't necessarily that in the long run, like, they were less compatible with her than some of the other guys who will probably go home next week. It was more the exactly like you said, like, she spent enough time with them because she was curious. Yeah. Um, to make that call. And I think Rachel's also someone that, like, once she has the realization that this isn't it, she doesn't really have the capacity to Keep fake it longer, which I appreciate. And so she's like, okay, this is really hard. I really like you as a person. But, like, I have completely squared with myself yeah. that you're not going to be it in any capacity at the end. So, like, it's time to send you home. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they're off to Copenhagen. Yeah. I love – I thought that – the dates on this episode were amazing. I I really love when they go to just a fun city and they get to hang out in the city. And that's like, yeah. what else do you do it looked, in, in It looked Denmark? genuinely yeah. fun. It looked genuinely fun um, running around the city. I loved this date with Eric. Eric gets the one-on-one. Finally. I'm coping to love. <laughs> Yikes. Did he read that correctly the first time is what I want to know. <laughs> like, it was like, I'm copping to love. And they were like, can you like, give us that one more time? Yeah. Was, like, do you know what city we're in? Just, I mean, that was like pun. a really bad pun. It was bad. It was, it was bad. terrible. They were and really then, reaching and with and that one. And then they said it like 50 times during this <laughs> She's like, like, I'm sh- coping to love. And he's, maybe he's 
coping to love. <laughs> He's like, I'm definitely coping to love myself. <laughs> oh, just like stop. Um but he's feeling really good because he's fine. Like, he really just switches on a dime. Like, he's either, like, a mess of insecurities or he's like, I feel amazing. This is going to be the best day. He responds very well to affirmation. And yeah. I think he's been waiting. He's like, <coughs> he knows if she likes me, eventually she's going to give me a one-on-one. And every time he doesn't get it, it's, like, a confirmation that she's not into him at all. So this is, like— okay, now I can relax and have fun because I'm not spending all my time worrying that she has no interest in me. Right. And he's great. Like, Eric is fantastic on this date. He was great. He was just like a toddler in terms of his energy level. (laughs) He was just like, I I can't stop moving. Rachel, Rachel, hi, Rachel, as she approaches in the boat. And then he's like, I have to dance. I have to dance by the side of the boat. Let's dance together. And I was like, Oh, my God. Like, he is overflowing with energy. I kind of get it. Like, when you're in that place where you're, like, really excited about someone and then you throw in, like, foreign city on vacation. And not being able to leave a hotel room for weeks on end. I think she loved it. Like, that's what she didn't get from Will is that sense of, like, I finally get to spend time with you. I'm so excited. He did not hide that at all. He kept just, like— Goofily, like hugging her and like smacking her on the cheek, like He's kiss a great smack. smile too. <laughs> I, 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 I was glad that we got this date because I finally understood maybe what she had been getting little hints of and why she has seemed so into him, despite the fact that up till this point, like we've really only seen him spiraling. Right. Yeah. Uh, and. They were just having a great time. He was, like, game to do all the things they were doing. He was, like, delighted by every new activity. They get into one of those public hot tubs. We have to talk about the kids Oh, the kids thing, When right. they're just setting off on the date, they're talking about, like, she's like, I love, like, hanging out at bars with friends and, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm Sports. just normal. And he's like, uh, how many kids do you want? She says, four. And he says, oh, wow. And she's like, is that a lot? And he says, no, I actually want ten. <laughs> like, What? People see, like, four is such a small number. Like, she, I don't even know. She yeah, tweeted. that can't be the first time he's had a woman say a number <laughs> under 10, right? Sure. No. He's never I dated before. Think, so. I actually <laughs> think he was surprised that she said that many. And then he was yeah. sort of like, oh, yeah, no, I mean, I want, like, a million kids. Yeah. Um, but she she tweeted last night something <laughs> along the lines of, like, if we hadn't been on the water, I would have run away when he said 10 kids. <laughs> oh, that's, Fair. I mean, that's terrifying. That's, yeah, you're like, that's, do you know how long you have to be pregnant to have 10 yeah. kids? Yeah. She would just be pregnant all the time. That's that's how, uh, in the olden days, uh, women avoided yeah. having periods and bleeding out all of their iron. Just a little <laughs> fun fact for everyone. They the were time. just pregnant well, all the time. What a delightful life. Um, I also, I liked this date because it felt honestly like a, kind of real person's date. Yeah, like, it felt like two people, like, you know, it's a boat ride. They're going around a city. I was like, that is a date that I could realistically, like, see my boyfriend and I on. Whereas, like, so many of the dates. I do all the time. Yeah, I mean, we always go to Copenhagen and get in public hot tubs. But it did, like— talk with, like, six-year-old couples. But like, like, tell us your life story. Yeah, tell us your life story. But as compared to, like, rappelling down, like, an Olympic (laughs) ski jump or whatever, I was like, this is, like— I feel like I'm Yeah, getting... you're touring around a city having, like, I, that is a thing a person could do yes. if they went to Copenhagen. Yes. Yeah. Um, the public hot tub looked fun. <laughs> and they had, like, champagne. 
Yeah, it was there was the, the other people around them. It was like, yeah, I was like, was what was the pitch group. they gave? There was to another these group of guys. I think it's just like a public hot tub. Area I know, but they obviously designed releases to, to be on the show. So they were like, do no, you want to be on this American really show? About it. Like the guy with holding a beer like stands up. He's completely nude. Yeah. <laughs> and he yells, Welcome to Denmark. I think they were excited yeah. to show a little bit of their nude hot tub culture to America. Um it was just I loved too how she was like, Do you wanna just get in a hot tub here? I don't know. I'm not ready. Cut to her in like a beautiful bikini. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Okay, Rachel. I was picturing like the production assistant who was there just like carrying bathing suits. <laughs> like, I mean, that's probably the number one job of at least one production yeah, assistant. It's, it's like just have like, a bathing suit. Have a bathing ready. suit at all times. <laughs> She's probably like, But my hair looks so nice. Why do I have to get in the water again? Um and then they go to Tivoli. Which is a an amusement park that yeah. also looked really fun. Yeah, I was just into this date. Um, they go on bumper cars. <laughs> like I just felt like Eric was living his best life. We just yeah. kept getting shots of him like laughing hysterically, um, and then they sit and have kind of a more in depth conversation, which I thought was nice because she kind of says like, you know, I feel like I've gotten to to know you in the sense of. Yeah, where you're like, at I right know now. You're in the present. Yeah, but I don't really know about like you. Which I thought was like that was like one of those moments where I was like, You're so good, girl. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so he gives her like the cliff notes. He's like, I was always a good student. I was good at sports. I didn't do He said I'm a get cool in trouble. square. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really cute. It's like I never like got into drugs. I never got in trouble. Um but he's then he says that um, he didn't really get love growing up from his parents and, like, he really wanted his mom to, like, pay attention to him, like, the way that Rachel was and, like, talk with him like that. And and he just never got it and he always felt alone. And so he doesn't know how to deal with love as an adult. Um, I thought that was, like, again, a really, like, a thoughtful, self-reflective um, explanation. And I appreciated that he was really honest with her, like— you know, I feel something for you. I'm not going to just say it's it's love because it's not – being in love is not something that's familiar to me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I want to – I think vulnerability is really powerful. And it also just hearing the way that he speaks about this, like his Instagram is a lot of um, like inspirational quotes and it just like <laughs> kind of made more sense to me. No, he's definitely very – it's interesting <laughs> as a contrast to Josiah, like the way that he's dealing with – a lack or a, a trauma in his childhood is to like think about it a lot and talk about it a lot and find like maybe some sort of new agey self affirmation coping measures for it as opposed to like ignoring it and covering it up a little bit. And Rachel clearly really likes that he is opening up to her about it and that he's being honest. Um, and she really takes it as very flattering, you know, that she's like, he's never been able to fall in love before, but he is with me. <laughs> Yeah, I was was like, oh, Rachel, he also is just, like, on this show. Yeah. Of course he does. (laughs) I also, like, I do have, like, the tiniest bit of a red flag when someone clearly has that many mom issues. There's Mm -hmm. just a small part of, like, me that's, like, I think he's a great guy and you can go there if you want to. (laughs) But, you know, you probably will have to deal with some of that. Yes. I think if you're the bachelorette, that's when you get to be really selective about stuff. Like, do I want to be with a guy who's never been in love? Like, who says openly that he doesn't know how to handle that? Maybe I should go with a guy who seems a little more ready. But, like, she clearly, you know, feels something 
with Eric, and yeah. she she ends up saying, you know, I'm excited to go on another date with him, which we don't hear a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I think he's going to be around a while. That's the thing. Yeah. If he's the right dude, you deal with that stuff, like, and you yes. figure it out. Well, there was just a tiny part of me that was like, yeah, I mean, you know going in, the, like. Yeah. Right. That's, gonna, that's, the, that's thing. the thing. That's like, you the might thing do some with. couples therapy. You just know that going in. <laughs> And that's okay. Sometimes it's better to start with the couples therapy so that it's not weird when you bring it up later. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to do the couples therapy now. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more from Aaron Dark and our breakdown of all the news that's happened in the last day with regards to Bachelor in Paradise. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, 
something for every diet. Their fresh, never-frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time, and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house— my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. 
And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And then we get a group date. I've taken a Viking to you guys. <laughs> and it's, this episode are the worst. Oh, so bad. But it's Dean, Kenny, Brian, Alex, Matt, Peter, and Adam. This was also a hilarious date. I, I was just, I don't know, I was very into I this. I just want to say, <laughs> so they row over to this like on a island or something ship. on a Viking ship. And then they're introduced to two Viking instructors, <laughs> Tom and Morton. Tom, like, I love how they give them a little space for this. Tom introduces himself as like, and he has a little, um, he pronounces his V's as W's. So I he's saying like, that. I'm a Viking fighting instructor, knows about Viking and fighting and Viking things. And then Morton says, I'm Morton. I know exactly the same as Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love, I just want the whole show to be about them. I know. I loved Morton a lot. So yeah, I was very into these guys. But can we also rewind for just one mm-hmm. second and talk about how Brian could not row? He was I like, at, yeah, he was like at the front next to Rachel. And every time they would cut to it, Brian had like just lost his oar or was like, <laughs> that would be me. That'd somewhere. be me. I'm very totally bad at rowing. Me. It was just, I think it was like funny because he was right in the front. So like every time they would show a shot of like, look at all of them rowing, Brian was like picking his oar up <laughs> off the floor. Like, what I, I didn't notice that. And that's amazing. But what I did notice is that it was like she seemed to have her A team up close to her. Yeah. Was, like flanking her it was like Brian. Ryan, Peter, and Dean were the closest to the front. I was like, yeah, we get it. You're into them. (laughs) Maybe they're just like, maybe they're up front because, like, in in the race for her heart. Because they're really good at putting themselves close to her. Yeah, yeah. Um, So they all get dressed in Viking outfits and do some Viking yelling. Um, And I love Alex was like, this whole date is about, like, dressing up and like being physical Alex, I'm great at like, this perfect Alex being told to put on an outfit and doing a sport any sort of sport even like, later he was wearing like bright blue pants at the rose or, or at the end of the group date he's just like got that well Alex's style is he amazing Did, do you remember a couple of weeks ago he wore like a purple suit with black like oh yeah stripes so, yeah he's he likes he likes <coughs> wearing something like interesting and colorful um, and he does look like a very convincing Viking. He's also just like a total ham. And a lot of these guys yeah. are very into sort of the <coughs> performance aspect of it. And they yeah. and, and Claire and I were discussing comedy. this earlier. But often when we see these physical challenges on, on past seasons, um, it can turn very aggro. And, That's exactly what yeah. I was going And say. instead, um, this is... They're, like, performing at masculinity in a really funny way. And I've been very struck, and I tweeted about this last night. I've been very struck by, now that, like, Lee has exited Sage Right, the lack of fragile masculinity that we see. Like, these guys, they're not unmasculine, 
but they seem really comfortable in themselves, and they're very openly affectionate with their friendships. Um, yeah. And, and they also know how to, like, have fun with something like this without turning it into, like, a referendum on their worth as men. They yeah. can just sort of joke around about it. You even have Dean being like, I'm, I would be a great Viking, a Viking that doesn't fight very much. Yeah. <laughs> it was totally charming. Um, I love the first the first game is that Rachel holds, like, a tape, a tapered stick in her hand that's greased. And if the guy can take it from her, he can marry her. And all the, like, at first the guys are sort of, like, actually trying to do it. And then Peter's like, I'm just going to pick her up. That's his technique, because he did that during handball as well. And then Adam picks her up and runs away. And I'm like, that actually is kind of how marriage used to work, which is a little disturbing. (laughs) And then they play a bunch of games where they're, like, fighting while hopping on one leg. And Dean is just, like, running in circles around the other guys. They're like, Dean, no, you got to get in there. And he's like, what? You just hear someone go, you can't run away, Dean. (laughs) So, oh, I certainly can. Um, and they they have to like try to shove each other out of the circle with like their butts. Like it's just so great. And Dean is terrible at all of it. And um, but he's just laughing about it. It's great. I'm gonna say I'm not 100 percent convinced that Vikings actually did any of those I'm games. I'm not sure how but authentic. I, I'm not this sure was. how historically accurate, but I enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> Me too. Uh, and then we get to the violence. The violence. Which is just like, I was like no. a complete accident, of course. Like yeah. Adam and Kenny are just sort of shoving at each other with their shields in a face-off, and both end up accidentally hitting the other one in like an identical in an identical, like identical spot cuts. with the side of the shields. And it's a really bloody place to get gas. And they're both just like <laughs> the temple eye area. Oh no, we we got hurt. Like let's just put a band aid on it and call it a day. Yeah, yeah, it was not dramatic at all. At all. And Kenny, I guess, won the Viking games, which <laughs> yeah. is his outfit was fantastic. It's real redemption after the wrestling. Oh um, yeah, date. after <laughs> yeah. So he gets like a trophy that's like just a cup with horns on it. Does he get to take that home with him? the only thing we know about you know, I hope Definitely so. I not. hope so. I Probably want him not. To like, I want him to, like, go home and be able to give that to his daughter. Yeah. He, like, They're probably like, guys, run Rachel, uh, I got this great yeah. trophy. You have to give us back all the costumes. And Alex is like, Do you think no. Josiah, like, took that cup, that, that big cup he wanted the spelling bee as, like, a carry-on item? Probably. Yeah. yeah, just, like, on their on their flight to Oslo. Like, nope, gotta have my cup. <laughs> Be like, excuse me, I'll take a sparkling water and I will take it in this cup. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so <coughs> they they get to the evening portion of the date and Rachel toasts to them, pillaging her feelings and raiding her heart. Which <laughs> um, was a little intense. And uh, Brian grabs her first. I, like, can't deal with Brian. I know. I'm I'm really trying to keep an open mind about Brian because— She's so into him, and I want to. I just always want to support Rachel. Yeah, but they keep having these conversations I, where they're not really saying anything. He's just like at one point he's like, "Do you even realize how it's gonna be?" And she's like, "No." no. She's like, "She's not." Even, she's like, "No." Like, why would? Like, why would I? She's like, "Do you?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's gonna be magical." Um, yeah, and she's like, well, you're an optimist, and maybe I'm more of a pessimist. And he's like, why? Just think about the good stuff. And she's like, well, like, we live in different cities. And I thought it was interesting that she brought that up. She and Peter have already talked about it a lot. And Brian is sort of just like, 
love, man, when you're ready. And I'm like, no, tell her you'll move. Like, that's what this conversation is. It's so, that's the thing. I've, I've never been a giant Brian fan. Um, he's, he's my last room. He's the last remaining person I have on my ba- uh, fantasy team, my bachelor uh. fantasy team. So, like, my boyfriend and I, like, have to root for him. But I don't. <laughs> but it's so bitter. He's just, like, so far beyond, like, what my type as a human being is. Yes. Like, I hate romantic platitudes. <laughs> and that seems to be the only thing he's, like, capable of saying. Right. Like, she was like, let's talk about it another way. And he's like, and he's maybe like it's you and way. me. And we're <laughs> going to feel those exploding sparkles. And it's like, and The no, only thing we really get from him is that he does talk a little bit about his family. And he says his family's really, really open. Well, it actually was really heartbreaking how that started because they're, like, canoodling. And she's sort of is, like, whispering. She's like, do you think your family will accept me? Yeah. Oh, is that what she yeah, said? What she I said. missed that. And, wow. Yeah. So, and he says, yeah. He's like, they're very open people and if I you know love someone then they'll totally accept them but I just want him to like talk about like a like negative factor of like his personality or some I don't know it's just just, like something more substantive and and maybe you know they just aren't showing those things like these conversations often last much longer than we see but and and I'm hoping like as we kind of whittle it down we're going to see more of that because I just feel like at she could end up with this guy at the end yeah. of it. And I hate when they do that without, like, properly showing us why the lead. Yeah, like, that why? Yeah. I'm like, what are you going to – like, I used to get really annoyed at my husband when we first started dating. Like, he went through a phase of, like, infatuation where, like, he would just turn every conversation into, like, oh, my God, you're so smart. And I just love your little face. And I was like, <laughs> cool. But, like, we were talking about something. And, like, it's really – I can't, like, make a conversation out of how you think I'm cute. So, like, we need to be able to still these conversations or, like, we're not going to have a relationship. Like, that's not a relationship. And that's all that Brian seems to be giving her right now. And I'm, like, I cringe at that. Something else that I noticed about them and and one reason I think that she – part of why she might be so into him is that, like, being in the role of lead is a really sort of isolating and insecure position often. Like – and which we don't we often don't think about but at the end of the day like you're trying to make the best decision you don't quite know who's really going to be serious about you in the real world and Brian is so reassuring He's to so her and into, so like, open about how into her yeah um he is and i think that that is probably like very helpful to her yeah i mean yeah i like that's the thing is like i get i get being I mean, I don't personally, but I get how a person could be, like, really into Brian. Let's hey, be real. Like, I don't understand Yeah, that. like, I don't understand it. I have not understood it, like, since the first episode. Like, I was watching, like, I watched the first episode with, like, like my boyfriend and, like, two male friends. And, like, the first conversation Brian had with her, like, the both of the dudes in the room were like, that guy's too smooth. And I was like, I agree with you. And it just is like, I just keep waiting for another side. But I do also get that, like... Especially because Rachel is so—she's so heady, and she's trying so hard to, like, embrace her emotions. And I feel like Brian then comes and is, like, so soft and warm and charming and makes her feel really, like, feminine and romantic. And I get how that could be appealing. Yeah, I'm just not sure if absolutely. you, like, end up with that dude. And he's giving her that feeling that's, like, we're in a little separate world, which, yeah, yeah if you're feeling isolated and, like, you're juggling a lot of guys— you, you're going to crave that feeling when you're with a guy where he's like, it's you and me. Um, yeah, we're like, we're in our own bubble. And when yeah. we're here, it's just this little world. 
Yeah. And then so, we move on to Peter, hey. who I just – he like – his beauty is overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to think it's his to lose, right? Like, I would like to think so because it's definitely like feels like him or Brian. And I feel like sh- I have seen more of a real relationship build with Peter. I yeah. also personally just would prefer to end up with Peter. I mean, yeah. when they, like, and this is about true. my preference. Yeah. <laughs> but I also like when they had that date where they were just like talking about their tooth gaps, I was like, this is a real person conversation. And, and they've this had real, real conversations. Conversation. Yeah. Like yes. it feels like easy, but like not easy in like a TV way, easy. And like, I'm like, oh yeah. And I think <laughs> like, that's. I'm like awkwardly intruding on your date. <laughs> right. And I think that's why it, it it's so much fun to watch Peter and he he is like very attractive, but I think part of what makes him so attractive, oh, is yes, is that we uh, get is that we actually get quite a lot from him in these short yeah. moments. I, like, they I have don't a, think that he necessarily has like this incredible personality. It's that we're we're seeing moments between them that feel like real personality yes. connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. he's yes. That's, no, like that's I exactly would be it. stuck in a room having a conversation with Kenny before Peter, like totally. any day. But with Peter, I just like he's like I mean he's super hot, and he's <laughs> and but like but also like just seems to like be super real in a way that I feel like you very rarely see that combo, especially on like The Bachelorette. Yeah, he definitely seems like someone who doesn't. Like, it's that cliche thing of, like, he doesn't know how hot he is. You think so. I think he does. I think he does because he's a model. (laughs) But he has that vibe. But it's also, like, did you notice, like, in the first rose ceremony in this episode, he, like, came in wearing a scarf. And, like, everybody else was just in suits. And he had a scarf on. And then as soon as his name got called, he, like, took the scarf off to, like, let her put the rose on his lapel. And all I could think about for the rest of the ceremony was that he was just, like, standing there, like, holding a scarf awkwardly in his hand. (laughs) He Aww. has like a little bit of an awkwardness that is very appealing. Yeah. Um, it's charming. It's, he's super charming. That's the thing. And he, but he also they have a cute exchange where he's like, he's like, you've inspired me to look into the future. And, and I, she says, so, "So I'm your muse." Yeah, <laughs> and then they make out. Um, and then meanwhile, Kenny is having a conversation with Matt. Remember Matt? Uh, yeah. Apparently, Rachel does. Uh, I don't really. But. Yeah. Penguin suit. I mean, I yeah. know, but that's the only thing. People kept tweeting at me. Like, I kept saying, who are Adam and Matt? And people were like, no, Adam's the guy with the doll and Matt's the one with the penguin no, suit. I'm like, know. no, I know that, but like, but like who we're are? in week six yeah. and I don't know anything else about either of them. So and that's a problem. Kenny is kind of saying to Matt basically that he's like, it's almost hometowns. I f- he's like, we blanked. Like, Time has passed, and we don't know Rachel that well, and maybe we're not ready. And Matt's sort of like, whatever, like, I can do that. But, like, for you with your daughter, there's more at stake. Um, and Matt says, like, look, for most of us, it's not going to end up the way we want it to. Like, that's yeah. just the reality. Yeah. I mean, I like Matt. Like, that's the thing. Like, what I've seen of Matt, I was, I'm like, I'll, I'd hang out with you. I don't think you're going to yeah. end up with Rachel, but, like, I'd chill with you. They've yeah, just I, shown us so little. Adam yeah. and Matt are, seem like good, friendly Guys, and, and I'm sure we're, that they're having conversations with Rachel we don't see. Of course. But. And then, meanwhile, she um, does sit down with Matt next and asks him. Talks about Kenny. She's like, I saw that you were talking with Kenny. Uh, his eye earlier was, like, really messed up. Is it okay? And he says, Kenny is fine physically, but, like, emotionally, he's having a difficult time. Um, which also made me like Matt. I was like, yeah. oh, what a good guy. Um and Kenny is, like, starting to get really 
emotional about how he's still apart from his daughter and yet they're almost to hometowns and he's having a hard time seeing bringing Rachel back to meet her at this point in their relationship um, because things have kind of been stagnating. He's been like dealing with the Lee situation. So when she talks to him, he sort of verbalizes all this to her and she's sort of like, yeah. <laughs> but it was a really it was a really nice conversation. Um I was like weird. It was really mature, I thought. Yeah. I was like moved by like the maturity and like it seemed so like mutual, like two adults just being like, these are the places that we're in and I think you're amazing, but like these are the values that I have and the things that are important to me. And like she was like, I get that. Like you don't need to be here. And she says at the end, she's like, I've dated someone with a child before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting because we haven't heard her talk about that. that. But she's like, you're, she says, you know, speaking as one daddy's girl to the next, like, your daughter's so lucky. And they have this I, – I thought that the whole goodbye was really kind. It and was, yeah. Even to the fact that she, like, made that decision herself in a very clear way. Like, she wasn't like, I want you to stay, but, like, if you feel like you have to go. She was like, based on what we've talked about just now and the fact that you have a daughter at home that you miss, you should go. She's and like, he's thankful for that. Yeah. yeah, like, it seemed like a really, like, mutual, like, I don't know. I just thought I was, like, so, I was, like, so weirdly, like, moved by it. And it it really made me, like, like, when they were, like, walking out and just, like, sort of, like. It made me love hugging. both of them It made so me much. love yeah. both of them. It made me think that, like, I was, like, those two could end up just being, like, friends. Yeah, I could definitely yeah. see Like, that. and I also made me, like, I was, like, it ended. I was, like, can, can you just be the next Bachelor, please? Like, I love I want him to find a good woman. Like. Yeah. I have a feeling that it's not going to be. Kenny, I don't think but it will. No, be. he didn't Definitely. make it quite far enough. But, but I um, will watch. Like I would watch that season. Me Definitely. too. Uh, and I also loved. Then he calls his daughter and says oh that God. he's coming home. And the way he explains it, he's like, you know, Rachel and I really, really liked each other, but just didn't work out. And his daughter says, like, I'm proud of you, and I'm so glad you got to go to amazing places and that you made it this far. And it was just so. Beautiful. It really was. And he says if Mackenzie grows up to be like Rachel, he'll have done his job. Yeah. Like, oh god. Yeah, I was just full <laughs> full crying, just fully sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a puddle. I was like, it was like midnight at that point when I was watching it last night. And I was and I just was like sitting there being like, God, there are nice things in the world. <laughs> yeah, like. Um so then she goes back and gives the rose to Peter. Yay. And next we we have to get through this. Oh god. Will yeah. um gets a date card that has, like, two puns in it, though probably not on purpose. Will you be my sweetie? Because Will is his name. And uh, they're going to Sweden. Sweetie. Sweetie. (laughs) Um, And so he's kind of talking with Eric while the group date is going on about how excited he is for this one-on-one and kind of talking about, like, what he likes about Rachel and also saying, like, you know, to be honest— um, typically the girls that I've dated in the past haven't looked like her um, because, you know, I went to like a mostly white high school, mostly white college. And, you know, so I've dated white girls and Erica's sort of like, oh, you should tell her that. And um, Will's like, yeah, well, it's not that I like only date white girls. It's just like what's been around me. And Eric's like, mm-hmm. And then they go to Sweden, and it does end up coming up. But first, 
first, um, it's basically Rachel sets this up as like she thinks she's really drawn to Will. She thinks he's handsome and confident, but she feels like he's not like super effusive around her. He sort of clams up. And they just this whole build up to the nighttime conversation, the way that they play it is just it's so awkward. They and the date is cool. Like they're going to Sweden. They get on a boat. It should be something that is fun. And the beginning is a little bit more lighthearted. They kind of like eat pastries and giggle a little bit. They're eating, which is always they're I always set enjoy up on seeing. a double date with an elderly couple <laughs> who's been married for thirty five years and just randomly wanted to share that information. Um, but Rachel just keeps saying like there's a romance missing here. Yeah, there's a point where they're standing, like, looking at a vista from a bridge, and she's sort of, like, leaning her face into him, like you do when you're, like, ready for a kiss. And, and he's, he's like, like, wow, look uh, at this awesome yeah. view. And then they're, what like, walking city. through, and he's like, these bricks are really cool. And she's just like, what? Okay, what are we doing? Why yeah. did you grab my, why didn't you grab my hand? Like, why aren't we making out right now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so she's feeling like maybe the physical aspect the passion isn't there and then they just go to the coolest place to have dinner visit carlsberg visitor visitors center (laughs) (laughs) um it looks like it's made out of an old brewery or something they're like big like copper yeah carlsberg is like a beer right i think yeah yeah yeah, Yeah, i think it probably is like probably the yeah i know a lot of um so this is when she sort of is like, tell me about your past dating and, like, what kind of girls you're you're interested in. And that's when he drops the mostly white girls bomb. It was not um, the best thing to lead with. And it was not received well. And I also, like, I don't feel like he explained it to her in the same way that he had, like, like, I don't feel like he prefaced it with, like, yeah, I went to this mostly white. Like, I've, well, like he, he does sort say of, that. He does. I guess. He says that after and the that's fact. What I think what she actually dislikes the most because he's like, well, here's the thing. Like, mostly I grew up around white people and I was mostly around white people in college. So that's just kind of what was available to me. And she's like, well, me too, but I still mostly dated black guys. So, like, that excuse doesn't fly with right. me, basically. Um, and, and she seems really thrown. Yeah, uh, which is understandable. And obviously, like, the three of us sitting here are three white women. This is not an experience that, you know, we can relate to on a personal level. Um, but uh, I was scrolling through Twitter and totally understood, like, a really strong reaction among a lot of people watching to this is just like a lot of um, side-eye gifts, which I appreciated. <laughs> uh, and there was one tweet that I thought articulated this well. Um, Rachel Dudley at Note Rachel tweeted, like, nobody likes feeling second best. Why did you tell her you like white women? All you had to say was beautiful, smart, etc. And I think that that really, like, gets to the crux of it. Like, no one wants to feel as though they are something that someone is experimenting with or, like, you know, deigning to, like, a person they're deigning to be around. Like, you want to feel wanted, which is exactly what Rachel says in her in the moment. She's like, that's incredibly important to me to feel wanted in any relationship. Well, also because then he tells her, like, in a relationship, I'm very, like, I've always had a lot of physical passion, but maybe not so much the, the other aspects of the relationship and he's like, well, I haven't gotten that from you. And it's in- he actually, like, commented on Instagram today. Um, 
I can tell you that's not how the conversation flowed. And had you been able to see it in its entirety, my statements would have made more sense. I am passionate, but in the past, it's been all of that and not building that mental spiritual connection. So I focus too much on that and not enough on the physical. And he says the wording and how it aired was dot, 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 interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, so, I mean, that's not surprising I also. Mean, not. Like, it felt very um, teed up from, like, the previous yeah. clips we had seen. And we know that they often uh, present, you know, a conversation in a way that follows, like, yeah. the narrative yeah. they want to tell. Also, like, I want to talk a little bit about, like, back at the house while this is happening, Eric is telling the guys from the group date – the conversation he had with Will, and he said, well, I told him to tell her that he hasn't really dated that many black women, that he's dated mostly white women. And Dean says, well, does he need to say that? Um, Which is kind of what a lot of the reaction was on Twitter from uh, a lot of viewers. And Dean's like, well, I haven't dated a black woman before. Um, Do I need to say that? Like, I think if I'm interested in her, that's what matters. And Eric says, well, it's different because Will is black, so she probably assumes that he has mostly dated black women. And Dean says, well, I just I do think that he's genuinely interested in Rachel because he's there. And that's kind of the entirety yeah. of the conversation we see about. So we do know well, that he Will was says, sort of encouraged, at least by Eric, to tell Rachel about this. Yeah, but the way yeah. that it happened was clearly very off-putting. I also actually liked that exchange between Eric and Dean because I thought it was thoughtful. Um, yeah. And I thought that Dean at the end was like, oh, I didn't really look at it that way. Like, I, I, I get your point. Like, I see that. And I thought that was like— I'm like, these are actually the conversations about race that were going to come up naturally. And you don't need to put someone like it's just more evidence that like you don't need to throw someone like Lee in there to have these, you know, interesting differences in experience come up. And this exchange was like. Was was like a good one, I think, to have have out there. And I. Yeah, conversations are actually more helpful for for us as an audience if it's between people who are being thoughtful and open-minded <laughs> yeah, um, and exploring those nuances. Like this is a situation that like we try to be really aware of these issues, but we're not on the inside. We don't know what the dynamics are like for, you know, dating in the black community. And so Eric and, and Rachel and Will are kind of sharing that from their different perspectives. And that was actually really interesting and thought-provoking for us. Um, and, uh, but Rachel's kind of like, sorry, well, this just didn't happen. I didn't see what I needed from you. And so she sends him home and he's like, I totally get it. This is on me. Very That's, nice. Yeah, a really nice exit. And like, I don't think he got sent home like because of the white girls thing. I think it was just like, it was already like, she was yeah. already, like the coffin was already like being built. And he was like, yeah. here's just like one or two more nails. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think if he was showing her a lot of the, and th- we saw like bits of them in group settings where he would like steal her for a kiss and stuff. If he had built on that, then yeah. she would be like, really? Mostly date white girls? Well, I've had a different experience, but, like, it's about the person, right? Like, I could see that conversation going much differently. Yeah, totally. I think it was just, yeah, I think it, it was, was the whole already, package of it. Like, she something was, already was missing. not feeling desired by him. Exactly. And then I think when you added that on top of it, it was like, okay, now I'm like, really why are you not here? feeling desired. <laughs> yeah, like— um, and then she has to have another rose ceremony. Which was so fast. I couldn't believe, like, there's, like, ten minutes left in the episode, and I was like, are we really having another rose ceremony? Yes, we uh, were. I was thrilled because I'm it meant happy. that we yeah. ended we on ended a goddamn <laughs> rose ceremony. Um, Adam is scared. Alex 
Finks last night took a toll on Rachel. Like they're all just kind of giving commentary. They're like, we for the first yeah. time, like we have no idea who's going home. And she's she has a hard time. She has to like take a break during the ceremony because she's so emotional. And um, she says, "This is the hardest goodbye that I have to say." She also quotes Hamlet. Um, to thy own to thy own self, true. Be true. <laughs> It was that Polonius guy. Yeah, I, I was going to say, my, I kept thinking about Clueless. <laughs> I just, when she kept on talking about, because earlier that she was like, she kept on talking about like the castle and how like that was the yeah. inspiration for Hamlet. I was like, do you know how Hamlet ends? I would maybe not focus on that too much. <laughs> it is like, kind of cool though. You can, it's like, cool. I think that uh, for a while that castle was listed on Airbnb that you could like bid to spend a night <laughs> in it. And I was like, um, yes. <laughs> um, but it's, it's eventually Brian, Matt. Dean and Adam get the the new roses that have to be given out. And so it's Alex who is going home. And Fair. he's so delightful. I'm sad. I know. Yeah, I'm just going to miss his presence. I hope he's on Paradise because I really <laughs> like him. He seems built for Paradise. Like, because yeah. he's so much fun. Though he does seem to have been on, on social media recently. So, like, who knows? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he goes to Paradise. But um, we do get a little goodbye to Alex scene in the credits where he's giving an in-the-moment uh, during the Viking date and, it's like, talking shit about Dean's <laughs> Viking skills. He's like, Dean is, like, the worst Viking. But he, if, if it were going to be a contest to be, like, the prettiest little princess, it would be Dean. <laughs> and they're, like, really good friends. Um, yeah. They have, like, yeah, a little romance. Yeah, it feels romance, very, so. like, loving. And Dean keeps, like, coming up and, like, charging him during the <laughs> conversation. And Alex is like, I could deflect this in my <laughs> I, I said this yesterday, but I highly recommend everyone follows Alex on Instagram because he's hilarious. He posted really? this great video of him, like, doing a Rubik's Cube while playing chess with Dean and still beating Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Along with this, like, long, affectionate caption about how great Dean is. And then Dean, like, falls off his chair laughing at the end. Oh, like, it's yeah. very cute. I love it when there's bro love in the house. Me too. Um, so they're very sweet, but goodbye to Alex, and we we still have Matt and Adam. So who I can only assume will be sent home next week before hometowns. I, to, I mean, I definitely like. I was watching with my boyfriend last night, and the episode ended, and he turned to me and he was like, "If you had told me week one." That shark costume and guy who brought a doll would be in the top six. Yeah. I would have called you a would liar. Not have believed it. Penguin no. costume. Penguin costume. Penguin yeah. costume. What? No shark costume. Yeah, was last, last season. season. Yeah. <laughs> Dolphin. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get to see anything of Matt and Adam. I think we they probably will. We'll get a little moment with them, and so that they can properly like cry when they leave, and then we. I think we know who our top four are. You think yeah, so, right? It seems that way. Yes, I. I would. Put money on the fact that Eric, Dean, Brian, and Peter are top four. Yeah. I put money on it. Yeah, absolutely. And now, welcome to Feminism Fails, where we rate the most cringeworthy anti-lady moments of the week on our very own patented Feminism Fail Scale. One, you do you, bro. Two, that's questionable. Three, not cool people. Four, the 1950s are back. Five, Gender equality is straight up dead. All right. Um, now it's time for Feminism Fails. We just had one this week because honestly, the guys are being pretty cool to each other and to Rachel, and we appreciate that. But when Josiah leaves, he kind of talks shit about Rachel's judgment and says there's something wrong with her because she didn't pick him. And yeah, obviously, woman's intelligence is based on whether she likes Josiah. Come on. We're going to give that a three because he was acting out. He was hurt. But it wasn't a very cool way to express that. 
And now we have a bunch of Bachelor news uh, related, of course, to Bachelor in Paradise. We're going to kind of run through it. First, yesterday, TMZ reported two different kind of rule changes or adjustments that Bachelor in Paradise production are making, um, which they had indicated they were going to do in the statement Warner Brothers had released. So first, uh, reportedly, when everyone came back to Mexico, they had to sit through a two-hour meeting with lawyers and other people who ran through all of these rules and and discussed consent, which doesn't seem like a bad thing to me. Um, But apparently, they now have to go to a producer, state that they consent to a sexual encounter before, as a couple, they go to any of the boom-boom rooms around the resort, kind of, you know, the places where they traditionally get down. So obviously, uh, production is trying to put a stopgap in there so that there's not even the possibility that a question can be raised that uh, a sexual encounter is not consensual because they literally have to go to producers and be like, we want to Honestly, bang. though, this this reminds me of the whole trend a while ago um, of, like, famous men being like, we're going to get women to sign contracts before we have sex, saying that they consent. Um, consent can be withdrawn during sex, um, and that really doesn't account for it. It actually, I think, could be problematic if a sexual encounter goes sideways and one of them doesn't um, stop pursuing it, that the, then they can waive this contract and say, well, she or he consented, and so they can't say anything now. That makes me a little nervous. Yeah, hopefully, um, when they were having this discussion about consent, they made it clear that consent can be withdrawn anytime. I mean, we also have to remember that there still are cameras in all of these rooms. Mm-hmm. So if anything untoward or fucked up were to happen, they would still have that on camera. And we also just hope that everyone down there behaves and, you know, hopefully does not want to engage in any kind of uh, sexual relationship with someone that doesn't want to engage in it with them. So, like, we wish them all the best. Um, The other rule, apparently, is that the contestants have to hand over all their drugs, including if they have any legal pharmaceuticals um, on them. They have to hand those over to production. And there is now a two-drink maximum per hour. And that is a maximum. It's not a minimum. This isn't a comedy club. They can only have two drinks per hour or less. So this doesn't seem like a bad idea, to be honest, that's still a lot of drinks. <laughs> right. That's still you can that's still enough to get tipsy and drunk and have a good time. Um but yeah, regulating the amount of binge drinking that's done doesn't seem like a bad idea yeah. to me. And now apparently the bartenders and the crew have been tasked with keeping tabs on how much they're drinking, which kind of seems like how it should have been to begin with. So I'm glad to hear that. Um yeah. Meanwhile, um, DeMario's exclusive interview with E! has continued to hit the airwaves. Yeah, so I think the last two parts aired yesterday and kind of went through um, a transcript of the full interview. And, you know, DeMario says a lot in this. I would recommend going and listening to it because there's kind of a lot to break down. But a few things that I found to be notable was, first of all, like he made it really clear um, – that he's not blaming Corinne in this. And he also really spoke up for her and spoke really thoughtfully about kind of what he termed like the human race's failure in the way that 
um, you know, collectively people reacted to this situation. He he says, you know, they were shaming her, shaming me. All you saw was black man, white girl, and you assumed the worst. Um, I was raised by a strong mother. I have sisters. I like a lot of dominant, strong, strong women. And to see Corinne get disrespected and her name dragged through the mud, it sucked. To witness it and be in the middle of a scandal, but it turned into this this into a race war. It was black and white, and it, it wasn't the case. People were saying bad things about her and me before anything was out. Um, he also, you know, reiterates that everything was consensual. He, he continues to walk um, the interviewer through that night. He mentions that Chris Harrison was around when so they were getting what really drunk. Made me uncomfortable is that they're all clearly like in their bathing suits doing shots and they're really drunk. And apparently Chris was there kind of teasing them for how drunk they were. And that's the kind of atmosphere that does make me uncomfortable that like there are all these sober people involved with the production sort of watching them do naked shots and being like, LOL, DeMario can't even open his eyes. Like that's not the kind of thing I would consider to be a responsible um, way of handling this. Um, but DeMario's kind of making the point that they were all drinking a lot. They were all doing shots and he didn't notice Corinne like slurring her speech or acting really out of it. Um, and that she, again, was like really the aggressor in the situation. Um and then he goes through um, the incident where he was asked to leave the show, um, which was two days later. It was on Tuesday. And yeah, he, we touched on this a bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, the producer telling him, you know, you're going to have to leave tonight. It's, it'll be worse if you don't. And Tamara says that, you know, the Corinne incident came to his, his head. But he was like, no, people saw what happened. So they like, they couldn't possibly think there was a problem there. Like, he's been, like, talking about how, as a black man, he's always wanting things to be witnessed because he knows how things can be spun or, um, like we saw with Kenny, like, you make a, an accusation about how a black man is behaving. If there's no way to confirm that or deny it, people might tend to believe that the black man did something wrong. Right. And he touches on this, um, the racial dynamics of this further. He says, you know, the minute you release this black man's face and this white girl's face before either of us commented it on it, I was already a rapist. And I was like, excuse my French, the N-word, a monkey, and she's a whore and a slut. They were slut-shaming her because of what she did last season with Nick. People were just angry. Like, it was like black people didn't like her and white people didn't like me and people were mad because instead of waiting for the facts to come out, dot, 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 they just commented on it. Yeah. And and I think, like, the way he's describing this is is really thoughtful and speaks to kind of what we were trying to get at um, with our bonus episode and, like, the really kind of— thorny and upsetting dynamics that were reflected back in the reaction to all of this. Yeah, he's really clearly trying to juggle a lot of uh, complicated things. And he says, you know, if he could talk to Corinne right now, he'd say, you know, he's here for her. He feels bad for what she's going through. He loves her to death. But also he, you know, is also questioning the way that she's handling it insofar as it, it it does affect him if she says, you know, I don't remember what happened that night. Um, it And it does get into a gray area of consent. And and that reflects on him. And he's like, I, I, I'm here for her. I support her. What she's going through is really hard. But, you know, I think she should maybe be more thoughtful about 
how what she says might reflect on Affect me. me. Um, and yeah, and again, like we haven't heard from much from Corinne. We've only heard from her lawyer since this happened. So I can see why he wishes that they could just have you know, an honest conversation without all of this, like, media circus around it. Uh, he also was asked if he would go back to Bachelor in Paradise, which we had seen reported that he was invited back and that he had declined. But in this interview, he seems kind of torn about it. And he says, you know, it's not – he's not thinking about it right now, but, like, maybe he would go back. It, it's interesting because he also, you know – He's asked, like, if you were to go back, like, how could you trust them? And I assume meaning production, the crew. And he says, like, that he doesn't believe it was them because a lot of people's lives and livelihoods were on the line. Obviously, there's a lot of people um, who weren't involved directly in this who, you know, are paid by the show. He's being Um, very careful not to assign blame to anyone. To anyone specifically. Uh, And and he ends by kind of saying, like, I want the tape of the incident release, which— ABC and Warner Brothers have said they won't do. But he's like, I I feel like that would allow people to see exactly what happened. Um, Yeah. And apparently he also became very close to Alexis. Yeah, that was a weird little thing that was thrown in there that Claire and I thought was funny. Like, they just sort of throw in, like, you were very close to Alexis on set. Would you go back for her? And he says, if I was to go back, it would be strictly for her. Yeah, we didn't know about that. But um, (laughs) I guess they're— I could see it. I could see it. I don't know if that meant romantically or just um, BFFs, but yeah, I guess I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how Bachelor in Paradise chooses to address all of this when it actually airs, because reportedly um, they are going to use the footage leading up to wow. this whole thing happening. Um, I mean, I doubt the footage that's in question, but I don't think it sounds like they're not going to pretend that they started fresh so um they'll have to address it somehow and i guess you know we'll see i guess we'll see so that's it for here to make friends thanks to our guest aaron dark and of course our producer nick offenberg and if you haven't yet uh please remember to find here to make friends on apple podcasts to subscribe and give us a rating it helps other people find our show we're also on facebook and you can find each of us on Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And Claire is very close to 10,000 Twitter followers. So if you could just all, like, give her a little bit of love. Make we me can, important. I believe, you know, in our <laughs> listeners, we can get her there together. Um, and I'm at Emily Rose on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also always send us an email at here to make friends at HuffingtonPost.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your 4th of July week, and we will be back after that to recap yet another week of The Bachelorette. Chocolate treats mixed into dark chocolate ice cream, the Tillamook Chocolate Collection is a chocolate game changer because the thing that pairs best with chocolate is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary dairy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. 
and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.